Welcome to Space Cats Peace Turtles Fireside Chats. Myself and a guest from the SCPT community will discuss Twilight Imperium, board gaming, and strategy. Grab your favorite drink in a Snuggie and settle in. I'm your host, Alec Keeler. Let's get started. Alright, so this is Fireside Chat number five? I think it's number five. I don't know. We'll say it's number five, but uh, today I have a very exciting guest, and that guest's name is Dane Beltrami. Dane, say hi. Hello. Who are the other five? The other five. The others who are. Whom I stacked up against here. <laughs> we started with Magi, Paul. We, we okay. then we did yep. uh, Fargo. I don't. I don't know if you like. He he wasn't one of the playtesters, so you might not really interact with him. But he's on the Discord channels all the time, and his son yeah. and his son Ryan, who was at Gen Con, um, and then. Billy, good old Billy, and Tyler. I think those are the only other four. So sure, yeah. I'm They're... familiar with with all of them, even though they may not be familiar with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the, I, I kind of asked some people for topics or questions and stuff, and I, I think actually Billy, was it Billy? No, it was it was another uh, weird bear in on SCPT, but they wanted to know. Um, how and how often you like engage with the twilight imperium community online i mean i'm i read a lot like way more than i realistically should be but i don't i don't talk that often just kind of randomly Mm -hmm. are you you usually like either minorly helpful or 100 percent trolling it's kind of (laughs) oscillates between those two yeah yeah i've i've been questions oh, oh no. curse oh, i'm gonna have to bleep that out oh that's gonna be fun no yeah just just matt really <laughs> yeah matt and and milty although i think milty yeah. tends to field maybe more questions than you do at this point <laughs> i think so <laughs> i think so just forward all my rules questions to milty i don't i don't know ask milty it's, <laughs> yeah. it's probably fine yeah so if anyone is listening and has questions about the newly released prophecy of kings uh ask milty You'll get a quick yeah. response. <laughs> yeah, just just spam spam message him. If he doesn't respond, just yeah. tag him a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Speaking of which, we're recording on a very exciting day, Dane. Yesterday was yeah. uh, November sixth, which is surprisingly the, the release surprise date. Surprise! Soft launch of Twilight Imperium: Prophecy of Kings. Yeah. Very exciting. How do you feel now that it's like super officially out there? It's done. Yeah. Um. I feel good. I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, have a copy in my hands. Look at it. It feels a little surreal, actually. Yeah, nice. Um, did it all come out exactly as you hoped when you broke it open and looked at it? <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks good. Um, yeah, I I mean, don't ask me that because I'll just I, I just want to change things forever, right? Like, <laughs> like there's, you know, if development was ongoing. Like I'd still be changing things. Like I don't know that I would ever reach a point where I was just like, "Yep, this is it. I'm happy with this and done with this forever." Because I mean, yeah. you know, I'm still thinking about the things from the core game all the time. Right. So yeah, and that yeah. was gosh, how many years? How many years ago now? Three. Three or four, something like that. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah. Three, I think. Yeah. I think three is right. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Um, Which means I finished it. The you know. Eight months before that. So. <laughs> uh, 
I, I have to say, I haven't gotten a copy yet. Hopefully, I will have it soon. But one of the things I'm yeah, most I think excited most about, people are in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very excited for the art assets. Uh, yes. In in this expansion, I think that every every piece of art that I've seen for POK has been phenomenally good. Yeah, I'm really happy with like the new leaders that we got. Like the like yeah, we we like used some like old art, like some of the good stuff, but we also got a lot of new stuff and a lot of it is super awesome. I love it. Especially yeah. for like the new factions and stuff. Yes. Yes. They they're all very cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Um so I I usually start these things with a series of of questions that I like to ask everybody to help right. our, our viewers kind of get to know you as a gamer. Um, so I'm going okay. gonna, gonna to go through those questions now. Hit, hit me. All right. What is your favorite board game that is not Twilight Imperium and why? Uh, historically, that would probably have to be Aeon's End. Like in the last... In the last couple of years, like ever since Aeon's and release, I've just been playing it like nonstop. Like every, every standalone that comes out, like I'll you know go through a phase where I burn through it. Uh, I love that game so much. I love co-op, like in general, especially like that style. Um, nice, nice. That, yeah, that's so funny to hear. My my uh, most played game is probably Eldritch Horror, though I've definitely played well over three hundred games of Eldritch Horror. Um, wow. So That's for a, a long lot. time, for a long time, that would have definitely been uh, my 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 favorite game, and and what? I eventually actually got the chance to write for Eldritch Horror. So if you like, uh, I did I did writing um, for like the third through six expansion, and then some development on the later ones as well too. Awesome, that's really nice. Um, what what specifically about Eldritch Horror just like really struck a chord for you? Um. Actually, I mean, it's kind of similar to Anne's End. Really, it's uh, it's the it's the co-op aspect of it. The you know puzzling out how how to take down the the boss at an extreme disadvantage. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's 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 that that raid boss feel, I guess. Yeah, I I think one of the things that I like about that as a co-op game, Elder Shores specifically, is that it. It, it is very challenging and you do feel like you're at a disadvantage most of the time, but it's also Lovecraft, which is, mm-hmm. that's exactly how it's supposed to feel. And that like the mechanics of the game feed into the theme of the game really, really well. For sure. Yeah. That, that feeling of being at a big disadvantage is, is I, I think fairly present in Aeon's End also. Um, and, and it's a, it's definitely something I'm a fan of. Awesome. I think that it's very funny that you're such a big fan of co-op games, and yet the game that you're well known for developing is this very antagonistic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> i I love I love co-op games, and I love like semi-co-op games, especially too. Like, um, I lately I've been really into Nemesis. Um, New Angelus is one of those games that I also love to death, but it's kind of like a, a little bit of a sleeper hit. Um, sure. And of course, there's like BSG, which I actually haven't played as much as I, I'd, I, I'd like, but super fun game and really enjoyed all the times that I've played it. I enjoyed that game a lot too. Have you ever played The Captain is Dead? The Captain is Dead? No, I haven't. I've never even heard of it. It's it's another co-op game that I've I found to be fairly challenging and, and a fair amount of fun. Uh, I would I, look into it. I think you might enjoy it. For sure. It's it, you're like on a. A spaceship? I, I think it's a spaceship. 
and you know running around putting out fires it's awesome it's yeah cool. uh, i'm not really sure why why ti strikes such a chord with me because it's it's true like i really am not like a big like head-to-head gamer i think it's it's just like yeah i i don't have like a great a great uh response to that but from the moment i first played it i've i've been you know utterly obsessed so <laughs> is that is is is, a, is that part of why you added the alliance promissory note to this expansion kind of help uh, build a little bit more co-op into the game no not 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 particularly uh that was definitely built out of the desire for power combos cool. like that 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 was that was not really a a co-op thing i think you know there's there's enough going on in in ti as far as you know creating alliances and stuff go i don't know that the alliance promissory note is really going to make for more alliances i think it's just going to make for you know more chaos actually yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I look forward to people getting an alliance for someone's commander to use in one key moment and then be willing to give it up, you know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've 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 actually been reading a lot of people's like theoretical favorite combos and stuff. That's that's always fun. Yeah. There's the 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 Hell Titans Sardak Nor command commander is is always it was it's like one is one of my favorites during development and then of course people picked up on it pretty quick too and now that's like a, a thing people are talking about so I, I I'm looking forward to seeing it in in action. Has there been anything since like since testing ended that you've seen in people's like theory crafting as spoilers kind of started to appear that made you go oh my god what have we done like i know that there's um, I, know, I, I know that there were like some like the titans we we knew were strong before things ended but has there been anything new that like other people have picked up on yeah um I'm trying to think no not terribly um yeah little, little situations come up like uh like oh this interacts and there's not really a perfect resolution of these two abilities that I'll have to sort out, you know, once the game is hit full release. Sure. Um, Like people are talking about that, uh, the extra hero in combination with certain agendas and stuff like that. Right. Um, I'll, I'll have to have answers ready for, for that kind of thing. I don't know that there are any like terribly unexpected or, type things i mean there's going to be it's it's inevitable yeah with with that with that many abilities and you know just adding one ability isn't just adding an ability it's adding an interaction with the other it and each other of of 600 other abilities you know so it's just like okay yeah yeah i I will say that like we play tested the crap out of this game there there were a lot of playtest games and i i just want to let people know that when when you find a an interaction that feels broken don't come yelling at us and telling us that we didn't play test this game enough. Because let me tell you, we did. Yeah, I'll I'll shoulder the blame, but for sure, it's I I think that is one thing that's actually, you know, f- hard for people who who haven't been involved in a playtest process to pick up on. You know, it's really easy to say in hindsight, well, oh, that you know, that's that's crazy, that's strong, that's that's you know, overpowered, but it's it's uh, or broken, but it's really easy for things to slip by and and the difference between in uh, so weak that it's you know, pointless and so strong that it's broken is often a single digit, right? Like it's not yeah. it's like a single a single number. Like there's it's either 
too much or too little and and uh, it it gets crazy and and it's hard to test in a game with 24 factions you right. know and yeah, infinite it's, it's permutations yeah it, it yeah. is impossible it's an impossible task um and any you know there's certain point where you have to accept that and mercifully you know uh, you know this is this is a lazy a, a lazy excuse type thing but it's true it, mercifully ti is a self-balancing game to an extent you know yeah. if something is super strong you know people will rally against it naturally in a game uh, you know, we want to avoid a situation where something is so strong that people ban it in a game. Um, that is unfortunate, and that is what we don't want to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, there's going to be nothing that <laughs> egregious, though. <laughs> we'll, t- see. we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Saturn Engine Two is a is a beast and a half. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 see how that goes over the coming months. Um, but- yeah. My next question before we get too far into the weeds, um, what attracts you the most to the board gaming hobby? Um, I mean, it's playing with friends, honestly. Um, Just the crazy, you know, emergent stuff that happens, you know, playing board games. Like those are the kind of board games that I like. It's like games where I'm playing with my friends and we're losing our minds because something ridiculous is happening yeah yeah those moments are great that's that's what we live for right yeah for those, sure those stories that you can tell of the board game a month later a year later be like oh yeah god that game was great i yeah i feel like i can still remember so many of my ti games and like arkham horror second edition games and stuff like that just just like super memorable uh stuff rare Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll 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 never forget some of the, some of that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Dane, what kind of a player do you think you are? In regards to anything, what kind of like are we talking about those like Magic the Gathering uh, archetypes, like the Timmy Spike, like those, uh, or just uh, or just like more in general? More in general, if you had to describe yourself as a player in a sentence or less, how would you do it? A sentence or less, less than a sentence. I will cut myself off halfway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I, I like to scheme and make really complicated plans that any one thing, you know, happening wrong will cause to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like puzzling out like really complex, like, uh, you know, Rube Goldberg type, uh, plays. I guess where. You know, and that that's true for co-op games for sure. Where, you know, like Eldritch Horror, where you're managing like, well, if we do this and this and this, and we're just barely alive in each of ten different categories, and then we'll have to hail mary this role and that kind of stuff. You know, using abilities in combos that, and the same thing happens in TI too. I love the last, uh, the last rounds of TI, like the, sure. yeah, the the jump on the leader and everybody's clawing for those last points and looking for their Hail Mary paths to victory. Those are, those are my favorite, uh, favorite times in TI. So yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm a schemer. Like that's, that's, that's my, nice. that's my, that's my like 10 sentence. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I think, I think that's good. I, I, I'm with you. I enjoy the scheme. I enjoy coming up with like a convoluted plan and path to get those. For sure those sneaky points 
that'll give me the, yeah. the slight edge for the win. Yeah, I love that. I I don't I don't even need to win to be honest. I'm gonna try to win, but I, I don't I don't need to win. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the more board games that I play and the more the more gaming I do in general, the less winning matters to me. Have you found the same to be true? Uh, yes. It, 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 for competitive games, yes. For cooperative games, no. The more board games I play, the more I want to win competitive games. But like, also the more I lose because the more I feel like I have to amp the difficulty up. So it's kind of like a weird. I th- I think like, you you the, said competitive, the the but do you mean co-op? No, or wait, maybe. <laughs> I, I I now I can't remember what I said. I I I don't like to lose co-op, or rather, it spurs me on to try harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes it makes me. I I remember playing uh, Gloomhaven with a. With some friends last year, and we lost a quest, and I was just, and you know, I wasn't like upset or anything, and I was like all riled up to go again, and one of them was like, "All right, well, so we'll just kick the difficulty down a level," and I was like, "I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to do what? Oh no, no, we're going back in." Exactly, and we had to repeat it, you know, three times before we got it. Uh, at which point, you know, he was totally over it, and I was right. just like, all about it. Let's try it again with the higher difficulty. <laughs> exactly, I was just like, yeah, now, now I feel like I can, I can get it this time. Yeah, there's yeah. something about like overcoming the puzzle that's fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, a definite, definite line and difference between wanting to win a co-op game and wanting to win a competitive game. It takes they're very different mindsets yeah for sure yeah um i I definitely feel like i've lost my competitive desire over the years yep but uh, i do want to i do want to like be in the running though i want to be like a player like i don't want to be playing off my own game like sure or just like so so far behind but you know if i play a game at ti and i finish it you know in the pack Mm -hmm. uh of of points and had like a, a path to victory and maybe some notable moments and I'm super happy. Nice. Um, so my next question uh, kind of refocuses on TI a little bit. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you typically face in a game of TI? Like as a player? Yeah. Uh, expansion. I'm bad at it. Interesting. I'm, I I overextend really easily. Because I want I want everything and I I want I want my cake and I want to eat it, and so and so I'll I'll make at least uh you know w- one or two decisions that are real bad and usually put me in a position where I have allowed myself you know my to be completely open to attack by another player who likely has no reason to not attack me like the, I will I will do that at some point almost guaranteed every game. <laughs> I yeah I I used to do that a lot too I the way for for some reason I think I just played with people who were not super aggressive so mm-hmm. I got into the habit of not building a whole lot of plastic and extending pretty far and then once I started playing on TTS I had to very drastically very quickly change my early gameplay because there are sure. some people who are very aggressive and will quickly take advantage of those weaker positions but like I remember lots of games where I just wouldn't. I'd, I'd have maybe one combat in a game, and that that would be it. Um, but that's just not the case on TTS almost ever. <laughs> no, 
no, they'll they'll pick you off pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the the upside to that is, in almost every game that I do that, you know, uh, these attacks do follow through, and I do get attacked, and so I spend a lot of a lot of my games playing just under the assumption that I'm gonna have, you know, total chaos and disaster in my area the whole time, and probably <laughs> be fighting multiple people. So I'm like used to focusing on what I need to do while still being you know, dealing with all those types of threats, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question, which is how do you approach planning out a round of TI? Um, good question. I mean, straight up, first thing is just what objective am I scoring? And then go from there. Like, you know, it's 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 not space risk. Like, a hundred percent need to be scoring objectives every round if possible, you know, and I'll see if I can hit more than one or if I can't, how can I prep so that next turn I'm putting myself in the position to score two, if that's possible. Um, you know, it's just like starting with that is the, the utmost priority and then dialing backwards to prepping for, uh, the turn after that, I guess. Okay. Um, and and a lot of time that'll come down to looking at two objectives that I can, you know, score, eas- equally easily, and you know, mm-hmm. trying to think ahead as to whether or not I'll be able to score one in a later round easily or not. I think it's all pretty standard stuff. Like I'm not a brilliant TI strategist by any means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I not not even close. So you know, I don't think there's anything special I do to plan out around. You, you did say one thing though that that's interesting to me. I, I've I, like I I said I ask everybody these questions and everybody's given pretty similar answers to that, except no one has ever mentioned before. Um, planning for the next round as well uh yeah i I think that that's i I don't know if maybe they just overlooked that particular part of what they do but i do think that that's an important i think they do i think they do because it's pretty important and it's pretty yeah it's pretty standard i think you know taking your saving your guaranteed points you know for yeah for for later you know the usual like you know sure i could score tech right now but I could put myself at a slight disadvantage to score this other one this turn. And then, you know, regardless of what happens, whatever unplanned things happen, I will always be able to score tech on a later turn, which can be the difference between winning the game and not. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, Uh, though, yeah, word. I use tech as the example that hopefully POK kind of dials back (laughs) in reliance on those tech objectives a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I know it does. I, so I think that's one of the most exciting things about POK, at least for me personally, is the slew of new objectives that we get to play with. Yeah, um, it, I mean, it still happens where you, where you know, you, by the luck of the draw, end up with primarily core game spend objectives. Like none of them are removed, oh, yeah. so it's still it's still a possibility. But I mean, part that's still that is in itself is actually appealing to me that you know the, a game can be really different than the previous game yes yeah having twice as many objectives is going to dramatically increase the variety of games that people get and i I love that um so i kind of want to start talking a little bit about the development of pok and i think objectives might be a good place to start did like there are there are a lot of there there but you you doubled the number of objectives were these all things that came up that you 
developed during the course of just POK development, or were a lot of these ideas that you had beforehand? No, um, I had saved no objectives from core game development. Um, so everything came up during POK. Um, a lot of objectives were um, tester suggestions or were revised out of tester suggestions. Um, like I, I, uh, I can definitely claim not claim that uh, the objectives were 100% my own design. I had a ton of help with it. Yeah. How, uh, how much would you say, uh, like how much impact would you say the testers had overall on the development of the game? Uh, massive. Uh, like it's, it's incalculable really. Um, like there's, there's, uh, there's not really, you know, a, a way to, <laughs> to, to, quant to quantify it. I mean, maybe you could, if you went back and, you know, parsed every single message and broke it down and attributed things to certain people and sure. that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times, you know, I'd, I'd have an ability that, that I worked on, but was causing trouble and um, somebody would suggest a minor fix to it. And then that's the final ability now. Like uh, yeah, tons, tons of stuff isn't just me. Like, you know, it's for sure was more than any other project I've ever worked on, like an effort of uh, a lot of clever minds. Yeah, I feel like there were several times that I saw a suggestion get made on Discord or a forum or something like that, and then you'd release an update to some of the components and that, you know, suggestion would be in there. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, I... Yeah, I... I you know, I think it's important not to. You know, that is actually one of the one of the really tough things is uh, when is giving up on an idea that you really liked but isn't working. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and uh, that that um, it gosh that happened a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of times. There, uh, it, it was so funny watching like you know discord conversations where people people got like really passionate about the ideas that they had for changing or updating for or sure. adding certain things it, it was yep. kind of kind of amazing extra agent was yes i remember wildly that. different and had tokens associated with it for the longest time and probably went through 20 iterations uh, before it landed where it's where it's at thanks to uh our dear friend Milty. Yeah, I um, I, 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 I do I, remember specifically hating that agent a lot. <laughs> it was it was a disaster, and trying to figure out how to get its text to fit, um, you know, it was like a oh man. I'm so glad it ended up where it did, <laughs> and I don't even know that it's you know perfect now, but it's 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 playable <laughs> yeah, compared yeah. to compared to where it was through 95 percent of testing, <laughs> which is which is great. Um, Are there any components or abilities or anything that uh, you started out with? Like the, they started as one thing in the playtest, and now they're basically the same thing. Is there anything that's that stayed the same throughout the whole test? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the hero effects, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know that ghosts changed. You know, maybe it got an extra little qualifier in there. Um, what hasn't changed at all? I don't think that the soul hero changed throughout all of development. I think it was from inception. It was remove all the command tokens from the board, and I think it it uh 
it remained that and is still that today, right? Yeah, that right? that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That that is one one thing. It's people always kind of poke fun at me for not remembering uh or knowing what an ability oh, man. is. Yeah, I and I'm just like Dude, like there are so right. many components to this and also so many iterations that everything went so through. It's the iterations that, that does it because God, I must there must be five to ten iterations on, on a couple uh, of those cards and I someone says something and I think back to what it is and I'm just like, Oh yeah, it's this <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh no, it's not that at all. What have I what have I said? I I uh I had a bit of a panic attack. Um, a piece of the Titans sheet ended up on a marketing article uh, mm-hmm. a long a long time ago. This is just after POK was announced, um, and it, none of the text was readable. But uh, looking at it, I could see that there were only two abilities in their faction. Oh uh, yeah, in their faction thing, and I'm just like. Oh no, that's that can't be good. What's happening? Like, did did something happen? Like, is did the wrong file get sent to the printer? Are we going to end up with a half functional faction? And I had just like no way. I was like my I was like oh so much anxiety for like two weeks, like just where I was just like oh please please let nothing be wrong. And I still have no idea where that image came from. It was probably like uh, you know some some something from a beta a beta pdf or something like that yeah um, um but yeah i i'm really happy with with where a lot of stuff turned out uh yeah yeah i, th- I think everything turned out quite solidly are there is there any component or piece or ability or anything really in the expansion that you're like particularly proud of that's hard um and it can't be anything ghost related. I wasn't gonna say anything ghost related. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could have given ghosts more, to be honest. Like I'm so touchy about ghosts because I don't want people to think that I like am just like, oh, I'm gonna make my favorite faction strong. <laughs> so so like whenever it comes to ghosts, I'm always like r- hyper vigilant that I'm not like creating something, you know, super super strong. Sure. I- and I kind of wish that I'd gone with an earlier version of the. Uh, of the commander that wasn't quite so limiting and was also a little less confusing to read, uh, the, the war, you know, we're generating fighters going through the, right. the wormholes and stuff. Yeah. I think I could have gotten away with a little more power for the ghosts there, to be honest, but maybe, well, you maybe know, not. there's always, uh, there's always the next expansion. There's the, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I don't know if the game could, I, hold another expansion. Ask me again yeah. in five years. I, I think you're right. I don't know that another expansion is necessary. <laughs> um, I have no idea, to be honest, what one particular thing I could, you know, state that that I'm I'm proud of. I don't know. I don't know because if I say something and then it turns out that that's the thing that everybody hates, I'm gonna be really sad. I, I can say so. that my favorite thing that's uh, that exists in the expansion is the lore. I freaking love all of the lore associated with the expansion. Yeah, it turned out really well, and I and I had a, a lot of help with that. Um, Sam Gregor Stewart of now uh, who works at Edge um, Edge Studios uh, did did a lot of really good stuff, uh, as well as um, 
Matthew Newman. Um, he's the other uh, guy on the um, story group for for Prophecy of Kings. Um, nice. Well, they freaking nailed it. I yeah, I, I I I'm really happy with with uh, the way everything came together. Yeah. In the end. It, yeah, the nomad in particular. We, we, you and I have talked a little bit about the nomad story, and I yes. it just it excites me to no end. Same, I think about it all the time. someday, someday I'm still gonna write that fanfic that I. <laughs> the nomad fanfic. Yeah. I, yeah. Hey, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Oh man. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with um the way everything turned out, and um, I. You know, time will show that some stuff worked out really well. Some stuff will, you know, become iconic for a faction. Um, some stuff won't. Some stuff won't have worked as well, like mechanically, you know, and thematically, or just like it won't be interesting. Um, and you know, future editions of TI will learn from that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like. Uh, I I feel happy with where I took the expansion. Like I wanted to make it crazy. Like I wanted to bring as much as in as I could, uh, and you know, while keeping it, you know, as streamlined as possible. You know, just because you know that's one of the yeah. design tenets for the game. But uh, you know, at the same time, like I want I want to I want to learn as much as I can from this project. Um, you know, for the next one, I guess. Um, yes, speaking of future iterations, um, a lot of, maybe not a lot, but several of the mechanics and ideas that you implemented in POK are also things that existed in some form in TI3 in, in their various sure. um, expansions and such. How, how was the, like, what was the decision process um, when when you started going through those old mechanics and like you know mechs and leaders and and all that stuff and how to port that into a new modern edition yeah um mechs was just kind of like a an easy thing um it was you know at a certain point in core development we thought that there probably would be an expansion and you know as everybody's always pointing out i made sure that if if we added mechs, they would, you know, function with the rules as written, um, because that was like an issue in TI three, um, and and it made sense to to add another ground unit because there already was one, uh, and it was a and it was a TI three throwback uh, which people liked, so it, it it just made easy sense to do, um, and so then my only thing about it was that I felt like mechs were pretty boring as they were um and maybe that's just me because i like things to be a little wild but so i just was like oh they're all gonna be faction specific here we go uh, and that's really the entirety of mech design thought right there i i like um, i like that they went that you went that route with with mechs because i i agree yeah that totally in ti3 they were they were boring and they were also too powerful they were annoying i did not like them but now that they have you know unique special abilities it makes it more fun even if they are kind of strong they're at least fun and exciting to use yeah i mean they're, they're like ground flagships kind of um and then for leaders 
Um, I knew that I wanted nothing to do with that original leader system, frankly. Um, but thematically, I think that heroes and um, like you know governor type things are kind of a four X you know space mainstay. Yeah. So I I wanted I wanted to have them, um, especially also because like I want I want the setting to grow. I I want. I want people to, you know, grow attachments to characters and stuff. And really that's been something that was missing for a long time or was just really, really, really lightly touched on. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to put in as much kind of character as I could. Um, and in the core game, that wasn't really a possibility because we knew that we wouldn't be able to do leaders um, just for space and complexity reasons. Um, and so, you know, I, in that case, you know, I tried to, I tried to create like a different type of lore and flavor text, like on the cards. Like there was like you know recurring characters, um, kind of like a more like intimate view of things that were going on, and then there was like the um, the the little mini stories on the action cards yes. that kind of yeah. told told the stories, and then so then finally getting to touch on those leaders again in in Prophecy of Kings, I just tried to take that up another notch and just give like a really, you know, try to get as much in there as I could in terms of like, uh, flavor, I guess, as to what, who this person is and what they're, what they're doing is it's hard to, it's hard to do. It's like you, when you make something like that, you want to, you want to tell a story with their brief little snippet of flavor text and their ability that makes it seem like they're, they have a whole fleshed out yeah. backstory, right? That yeah. they're part of something huge. When that something huge doesn't exist, it exists off camera, right? Yeah. Like it's not written anywhere, but it, you want to make it seem like it does because then the game feels bigger and more. Yeah, cohesive. I think I, I agree. I think leaders really accomplish that goal really well in TI and POK. Um, the extra, the added flavor text and like just having a you know a unique name on each one it it really enhances the thematic experience yep. a lot and uh, yeah and of and of course you know all their abilities are really thematic to the faction and that kind of stuff yeah uh you kind of oh my gosh what was i gonna say i lost my train of thought i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay the magic uh, of editing man the magic of editing um Nope, it's totally gone. <laughs> I have no idea. The train has left the station. It's not coming back. That's okay. We can it's we can it's, change it's derailed. It's it's off. <laughs> um, let's let's switch gears a little bit to the codex and these kind of mini expansions. Sure. Um, I think the first one was a pretty big hit. Yeah, I think people, people really like the idea of it. Yeah, people really liked the the action cards. I think are a huge hit. I don't. I don't I don't know exactly like I haven't played on TTS a whole lot lately but I feel like it's pretty standard now to just play with the codex cards which I think is awesome. Um and I think the scenario got some good play out of it as well. Yeah, it was kind of a goofy little thing but I I read I read a bunch of kind of people discussing their games and stuff like that. Uh it looks like people had a amusing time with it yeah yeah which is which is which was what it was for you know it wasn't meant to become like a 
you know, permanent like game mode type thing that people are playing forever, but it was meant to be kind of like a like this is something different we can do and yeah. you know, get hyped hyped about the expansion too. Yeah, yeah. I I, I enjoyed that they that it incorporated some of the uh, upcoming texts mm-hmm. from the uh from the Arctic. Yeah, that, that was that was that was fun for me to come up with. I liked doing that. Yeah, that was super cool. Um we you also used that the codex as an opportunity to kind of patch some of the components for the base game and i think that a yeah. lot of people are going to be curious about uh how much you plan on doing that in the future i plan on doing it in the future uh you know i i'll, I'll say that it's not the last time you will see me do that um i'd i'd like to retain that as an option um i mean feasibly if I didn't feel a patch was sufficient or didn't work out, you know, as, as well as I'd hoped, because, you know, naturally a, a, the codex isn't going to get as much testing before release as, you know, the expansion or, you know, the core game or whatever, then I, I, I could definitely revisit something that I'd already touched on also. Mm-hmm. Um, the codex is definitely aimed at like people who play the game regularly, who, you know, who want that sort of thing, I guess. You want know, a little fresh it, content. Yeah, it it you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be. Um, it's not necessarily aimed at someone playing TI for the first time. They could play with it and be none the wiser and be just as happy with the abilities. But it's definitely like a, you know, this is for the seasoned player who knows that these abilities are. Um, underutilized or underpowered or overpowered and wants you know uh, you know a, a nice solution to that i guess awesome uh how do, do you know like how many more you plan to do like what what kind of uh nope. I, I don't want to say schedule but <laughs> yeah um i don't have a i don't know a number um i'd like to do them as long as i can as long as i can as long as the community wants them um, as long as it's realistic too, I guess. Yeah. Um, then I will attempt to keep putting them out. There's no like expiration date on that. Nice. Nice. Um, as far as schedule goes, I mean, it, it is going to largely be uh, up to me <laughs> um, and my and my schedule with other stuff because it is kind of an auxiliary responsibility for me. Like it's, it's, it's like a side thing right? Um, yeah. th- that, that I kind of have to do of my own accord and fit in where I can. Um, so, you know, if I'm really busy with work on something else, like then it might not be feasible. Like, you know, I'll have to push this one off longer, but you know, I'd love to release, you know, three or four a year. Maybe that's, maybe that's too much. Like maybe I'm overestimating how much work that'll be, but, um, that, that's the ideal, you know, once, once a quarter, once a, yeah. And, and like, every, you know, four months, uh, like that. some of those don't have to have big, you know, component changes. They no, can just be scenarios no, no, and stuff yeah. like that, which I think a lot of people enjoy too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I, there, there may be things that I'm able to lean on other people more for, um, you know, if, if I feel like it's been too long and, um, you know, maybe I can release one that's just a whole bunch of, uh, you know, crazy map variants using the hyperlanes all created by the community. That way, you know, people can share their stuff, see it in 
like a nice clean format, get it out to people that aren't, you know, part of the um, same communities that everybody else is part of. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, keep interest in the game going, but at the same time won't necessarily be like a huge uh, detractor on my time from stuff that I absolutely have to get done. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, the, uh, that's, that's the long and short of it. I, it'll just depend. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other related question I think that will be on people's minds with this topic is, uh, do you think, or do you want to, at some point print an official, uh, like codex box that people can actually buy from FFG? I would like to, um, it won't be, you know, something that I can just make happen on a whim. But um, I am definitely, I like it as an option. If there is enough, you know, pull for it, um, I can definitely see it being something that you know we can make happen. Um, but if if it does happen, it would happen a long time from now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Um, I wouldn't want to do it, like, I wouldn't want to do it personally until I was sure that I was done and that there were no more codexes coming. Gotcha. Like, I I would see it as, like, kind of like a capstone yep. to, to the game. Um, just a, a kind of final, like, this is, this is the best TI. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. And we've gone through so many games and iterations and suggestions. We feel like all the components are in a good place now. I'm not going to patch yeah. any more stuff for you guys. This is yeah, what you yeah. get. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't want people to feel like they need like a patch for the game either. So yeah, I don't. It's it's really it's kind of a we've, it's kind of a strange strange concept. The, the testing community I know has had, uh, and I've been a part of several debates and discussions on that very topic. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's a it's a fair to, it's a fair topic. Um, certainly, the game isn't made with the idea that it needs a patch or even wants a patch or expects a patch. So, yeah, what what is the how how does that work when you make when you make a patch? What are you trying to say after that? Right? Like, yeah. are you saying that your your game wasn't good enough? It's like no, that's not it. It's think of it for me at least. I think of it more as just like a you know I, I love this game and I want it to keep growing i guess um yeah and for sure i the, the codex kind of i know it like keeps it keeps interest going it keeps things fresh it addresses um god i wish board games could be patched like, <laughs> right yeah that's... if i could if i could just stream an update to your guys paper i'd be super happy <laughs> but i mean I'd, I'd use that power for evil too i would like I would like troll updates and then like delete them I, while people were playing. I, I can't even sure. imagine the April Fools jokes that you would pull on us. Yeah, yeah. it it would be it would be rad. <laughs> Maybe I should actually pull an April Fools joke this year, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You could release a, a codex maybe in like I don't know some small one in February or something, and then have another joke one to release on April. April. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just filled with absolute nonsense. Trash. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I I think that literally anyone you ask would be willing to help develop such a oh, I'm, an enjoyable. I'm thing. positive. <laughs> I'm positive. 
Um, so speaking of other projects and, and not letting Codex get in the way of things that you're doing, uh, what's what's the next step for Dane Peltrami? What are you working on next? I, man, I, I, like, I wish I could say, but I can't. I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> like, should have anticipated that answer. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, that, that's obvious, <laughs> but can you, you know better. Can you confirm that. that it's a board game? What? Yeah, okay. I work. Okay. I work at FFG in the board and card department. I'm just, you know, just I, it is a just it checking. is a board game. All right, all right, absolutely. All right, let's see if I can dig a little deeper. Is it a a new board game or is it an expansion to an existing board game? I'll be working on a new game. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. And that that is as deep as you're getting. <laughs> I'm afraid. All right, I'll take it. Uh, that's that's still cool. Are you guys in like the testing phase yet, or is it still just early development? Like, come on, Alec. What part of this is as deep as you're getting? You I, had to, try. I, had, time? I had to try. <laughs> I would get no end of crap if I didn't try. <laughs> That's fair. I can't fault you for trying. Um, gosh, how how hard is, has it been to work on like board game development in the current state of the world? You know, it's rough for me. Uh, I don't like it. Um, it is... I'm not... So, I, you know, I'm a pretty introverted person insofar as that I, you know, re recharge best alone or with, you know, a couple close friends. Um, but I didn't realize how important leaving the house was for me in terms of my mental sanity. Um yeah. And just and even just part of like the design process, um, being around like my coworkers, you know, there, it, it it's really it's really been a stark difference, and I you know it, it's been tough on me creatively for sure. Like I, it definitely involved coming up with a, a new normal. Um, you know, I don't like it. I miss I miss being in the office with everybody and just the general excitement for games and the shit talking and mm -hmm. you know just uh, I yeah I miss I miss all of that and it sucks. Yeah, yeah, I I completely understand. I I, I am also quite introverted, um, and if I am hanging out with other people, prefer to prefer to be small groups of people that I know very well. But even I have felt extremely cooped up and the need to like get out. And like even just going to the grocery store now, I I get kind of excited for. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I get to walk outside for ten minutes. Yeah, Woo. yeah. I get to see you know other humans' faces, sort of half of them yeah. anyway. Yeah, and it, and uh, just in addition to that, it's been a distracting year. <laughs> just, yeah. All, all kinds of stuff. I mean, every you know, this is this is a universal thing. It's not just it's not just board game. Devel developers struggling with with that so it yeah what a what a madhouse it's been yeah Oof. um so talking a little bit more about the development process what like how does the development of a board game begin at least for you i'm sure it's different for you know different people but how, how does yeah the start a, a lot of people have different things um i start with just like a pad of paper like i won't do it digitally um i'll just start writing down you know mechanics and the way things work and arrows everywhere and totally illegible text like really it's just placeholder i can't actually read anything that i write down 
um, but I can remember what it, what I meant when I wrote it. Like my handwriting is so terrible, but like, I'll write out, uh, you know, all the mechanics for something and the way they interact with one, with one another. Just uh, yeah, on a pad of pad of pad of paper. Um, then when it comes down to the point where I'm happy with um, an idea, um, you know, I'll pop open InDesign and just start making a just fake estimated template like where i want you know something to go on a component um sure and you know i'll I'll never touch anything like boards or tokens or anything like that like anything physical like that i'll just use some you know stand-in pieces that i have lying around from other games or just like you know a blank piece of paper with circles on it but I, i try to make like my cards my prototype cards I try to make them as close to what I imagine kind of a real component would be laid out. Um, um, And then from there, I'll, you know, start putting in abilities and stuff like that, that I think are roughly about the type of abilities I'd want to see. It's hard. The first ones are always the hardest because there's this, always this, uh, this, feeling that you need to be balancing something but you can't balance a thing that doesn't exist yet (laughs) um so it's really hard sometimes with those first abilities in a game um for those first cards to just force yourself to put down something that you know is total garbage right yeah um because you need the type of effect to be there um because then once you have a couple of those then you know you'll start making some sweeping adjustments to numbers and they'll get down to a point where, you know, you reach, uh, I guess what we call the proof of concept stage where there's not really a game there. Um, but there's like the facade of a game there Mm -hmm. where you have mechanics that allegedly interact with one another, um, in the way that they are intended to interact with one another. Um, and once you reach that, that spot, um, then it's just iterate forever. <laughs> how much of the process uh, it, is like a group cooperative thing and how much of it is solo for you? Uh, historically, it's been all solo um, for the most part. Um, I haven't ever worked, you know, in tandem with another developer. Um, well, you know, that's actually not true. Um, uh, I, I worked with Nikki Valens on some of the, um, like the, Eldritch Horror Dreamlands um, mm-hmm. and that that was actually a, a really fun experience and um, but we did we did tend to kind of like pick different things and tackle them uh, separately so it really it really is a mostly solo thing until um, as we were talking about earlier um, you get to a testing stage where suddenly you know there's a uh, hundred minds all picking in and around your ideas and kind of exposing the weak points and that kind of stuff um, how how long did it take for you to grow thick enough skin for that testing phase to not sting? Because I know if I like put a game out there and a hundred people started picking it apart, it it would I would feel it for a while. Honestly, it it never bothered me. Um, even from the beginning, uh, like I think there are times when, like, I'm just like taking feedback and all I'm thinking the whole time is no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like it, it never really got to me and you know part of that is just i you know i have pretty thick skin um but part of that may also be 
that I've kind of acknowledged that I have unusual tastes in games um, and and things that I find fun. So if other people don't find the same things fun, it doesn't necessarily bother me. Because, um, you know, to a point, I'm not necessarily making games for myself. I'm making games for other people, right? Right. Uh, but... Um, yeah, that, that's, that's always a tough part of design that making it for yourself versus making it for other people. Cause you know, I always start making it for myself. Um, and I try to sacrifice as little of that as possible because, you know, once you do, then it kind of becomes like, uh, once yeah. I guess it becomes not yours anymore or it becomes, it can become kind of generic or yeah, for sure. lo- lose your signature or whatever. Um, but you do have to like listen to what other people are saying. If something isn't fun, then it's not like an attack on you. It's you know th- these are your testers. They're trying to help you reach, <laughs> reach. Uh, but yeah, they aren't always good at at uh, sugarcoating it or um, yeah, the tester bedside manner. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> I've I've seen kind of both ends of that spectrum, to be sure. For sure, <laughs> and and I mean we we put some stuff to sleep for good in prophecy of kings uh the original leader system yeah which i i, st- I still really like i did too um, man i did too milty likes it but i think i think i made a i made the right decision um in 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 ending that um there was just it was gonna be too much like and i've talked about it in other places so i don't know if you want me to go in depth or quick sure. describe what it was yeah no i i actually liked uh, it a lot so yeah let's if you're willing to talk about it let's do it yeah, there is so there's an original leader system where um you there was still this kind of idea that you had slots for three leaders. Um and this actually wasn't the original original. There was there was a number of leader systems that led up to this. Um some of them were like pre alpha though, so I don't know that they would be part of the testing experience. Um but there were three slots for leaders and they were oh gosh, what were they? They were your they were your hero, which was like the one you started with. There, there was the envoy, mm-hmm. which is the one you got from um, another player, and then there was the mercenary. Yes, yeah. And so all all leaders, there were three per faction, could fit into any of those slots. And so at the start of a start of a game, you would choose which of your faction's three leaders would be your hero. Then you'd have the other two leaders that you basically treated um, as, you know, um, almost like promissory notes, sort of, um, but you could trade them away to other people. And so you traded it away um, and that would become another player's um, uh, envoy. envoy. Yeah. Um, And, and uh, yeah, that, that, and then the mercenary was every other faction that wasn't playing in the games leaders would be shuffled together and those would become the mercenaries. And so your, your set of three would be different every game. Um, wildly different. Yeah. Um, And there was like a tech that, you know, there was like neural, but for the mercenary deck. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool and it was really cool and it was overwhelming. Yes. It was overwhelming to the point that testers, both internal and external were not even using their leaders <laughs> because they were so there was so so much to to kind of absorb. Yeah. Um, 
and and then there were there were problems that we never quite were able to solve um, in terms of what a leader back looked like, what kinds of mechanics could be touched by a leader, um, because you know uh, because they were any leader could be for any faction. Right. Um, yeah. It could never touch like a faction ability or something like that. And and it I love the idea still and the the thought of like how that all worked and the the whole idea that yes. you know yeah. but it it just it wasn't. I, it wasn't right. Yeah, I, I agree that it, it was it was a, an overwhelming system, but I it, it didn't last very long between like when I started testing and when you guys did away with that mechanic. But I I yeah. liked it a lot, and I was very sad to see. It go. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I still like I said I I still really like the idea of it. Yeah. Um, I'm I am happy with where we took it. Um, and I think we. I think I think I made up for it as much as I could in terms of like, well, you know, as far we sure we lost some of that uniqueness of that system, but what we, you know, you know, I, I hope I leveraged what is good about this system, the new system, yeah, enough to make it to to make it worth it. Like, yeah. I think the, you know, the the addition of the alliance promissory card, promissory note in particular, yep. I think, really yep. helps make so it. So that that is a. Uh, yeah, that 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 alliance promissory note was kind of born out of that, uh, out of that idea, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. kind of born born out of the, the old envoy idea. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I I like that ability to kind of like share, some of your your leader, set with other factions because it makes it does help make each game feel a little bit more unique. Yeah, and then of course the other thing um, that was kind of like born as a limiter to the problems that we discovered in that first leader system was the unlocks. Yeah. Um, the sort of like the goals that you would work towards that would unlock things slowly. Yeah. Um, so that you didn't have them all at once. I, I feel like that was and maybe it, one of the toughest things to play test. Yep. Was getting, getting those um, unlocks right. And you know the other thing I like about the unlocks, uh, I guess, is not necessarily that they're keeping things from you all at once to keep you from being overwhelmed, uh, but they also provide a point in the game where it makes sense to remind everybody what something is. Yeah. Like you know you've been playing the game for a while and it's like oh I have this this is an ability that I have now like is now like kind of like a, a point that happens in the game and it, it avoids a lot of that like gotcha like oh i didn't know you had that could do that had been sitting on that since the beginning of the game right like you know th that kind of goes away thankfully yeah because uh, like what one of the biggest challenges that i experienced when playing pok is that there are a lot of new components and there's a lot more to remember now than there used to be mm -hmm. uh and i and i always kind of prided myself on being the sort of player who can remember all of the little details and abilities and things that people have going for them but it got significantly yeah. harder um, with pok it is definitely a challenge yep. and well, you know when i said before uh, a little bit ago when we were talking about um design that i know that i don't have the same tastes as everybody else um i love being overwhelmed <laughs> Um, and that is not, I don't know that if that's common, <laughs> I don't think it is, but I love that sense of there being so many like, uh, options and choices that, um, you know, 
that I can't know them all or that they all I- interact in some obscure arcane way uh, and that there's all these complicated ideas and rules behind something like that kind of thing appeals to me so much. It makes no sense. <laughs> I, I know that. Um, but I, 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 I love, I love that yeah. feeling, which is, you know, part of why I love, you know, popping open board games that, you know, weigh, you know, 50 pounds and have a thousand components and you look at it and you're just like, what the yeah, yeah, yeah. hell is this? That's, um, you know, it's so funny that uh, I like that too, that, that sense of discovery the first several times you play a game. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I found it so amusing to watch people like tear into spoilers and, and like, uh, you know, we had one user on Discord who would screen grab things from streams or press releases or whatever, and like enhance it to comical degrees to to pull out spoilers. And ah, uh, you you must be referring to yes, Wecker. Good old good old yes. Wecker. What an absolute <laughs> good wizard. old Wecker. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. And like I I get the impulse to want to know everything, but I also I kind of wish that there were more things that we just didn't know until people broke open a box. Cause I, I think that that part of the experience is really cool, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing though. Right. Like it's just at a different time. I mean, sure. yeah. you know, it's enhancing all those images that is breaking into the box. Um, you know, true. I mean, it's just Christmas came, came early. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Is that was, that was, that was really fun to watch that whole like uh, it was it was very like funny. the yeah. the the initial dive when pok stuff started popping up in multiple places and no one was really quite sure whether we had everything recorded or not and there was like that that was about the time where the incorrect uh a couple incorrect components popped mm-hmm. up like the out of date ones, like that Titan sheet that I was talking about, where I was like, "Oh no!" Like people are gonna think something's gonna pop up that's like drastically different um, than the actual release version, and people are gonna be really confused. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that ever actually manifested into anything, any real threat. No, no, but I don't think so. it it was it was something that kind of gnawed at me for a little while. <laughs> that must that must have been like kind of cool to be able to watch on Discord, like the growing excitement of for the film. oh yeah. yeah i it's it's the whole the whole thing is surreal for me still i mean uh, just to go from being somebody who really liked ti3 like a lot a lot uh and then to be working on not only the the core game but also you know the an expansion later like uh, and having that be an official thing out in the wild, and now now I'm kind of at this point where I'm just like, oh my god, have I peaked? Like, is that the end? Like, did I did I just do the one cool thing that I'm ever gonna do in life? Like, I made I made the expansion for TI4, uh, and it's all new, and it's all and it's like all like you know my stuff, and now that's it. Like, now I just have to slowly die for the next seven. I years. guess I guess it's gonna depend on the next project you put out, man. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Like, sorry, that that got dark really fast. Uh, it's been, it's definitely been something I've been thinking about for the for the last couple of days, especially like having having it in my hands. I'm just like, wow, like this is this is this, a little this weird. This could be my like, legacy. Is, yeah, this, this this might this might be as good as it gets right here. <laughs> well, I think I can speak for at least the playtesters who have experienced the game already that I don't think that that's the case, given. 
what you've done with POK. I, I think that we can expect it, some awesome stuff from you in the future. And I hope so. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are all great. I lo- I I love my playtesters. You guys are you guys are kick ass. It's, it's quite the like, quite the little community to be sure. It, it is yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a group all right. Like it's there's some There are characters. Badass there people. Are characters. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> um so we can wind down a little bit now and uh just like at the top uh, to finish off, I have a series of questions that I'd love to ask. Um, these are to help people kind of get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level. And I don't want super like long thought out answers, just a uh, quick, you know, whatever comes well, to the top. I, I never mind. think before I speak, so <laughs> that should be easy. Great. So these are right up your, your alley. Then. But, but, but I, I may, I may start rambling. So you have to cut All me right. off. I'm prone to All that. Right. I, I might. I Hit might me. just let you ramble, though. We'll see. All right, the first question, I, I think everyone actually knows the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. What is your favorite TI faction? Ghost of Kreis. Perfect. Easy. What is your least favorite TI faction? Um, least favorite to play against is Mentech. Uh, least favorite thematically is probably Isarl. Interesting. All right. Yeah, Mentac is just such a pain in the ass. Like, just like, oh, I need to do this thing. Oh no, that's right. They're gonna steal from me. That's that's yep. right. I might as well just kiss all my. And they're just somehow untouchable the whole time they do it. They're just friggin' there and all up in my business. Is this why you gave them this particular agent? So the next time you get pillaged by Mentac, you can get something back. <laughs> you know, I read that agent the other day, and I was like, the. Hell? <laughs> I, I, like I I I cannot remember for the life of me where that design came from, and I know that it came out of designing and redesigning it a hundred times, and just a step further and different each time, and then it ended up where it is. And then looking back on it, I'm just like, how on earth did we end up with that ability? <laughs> it is it is a funny one. It is a funny one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it does definitely an eyebrow raiser. <laughs> All right, uh, stepping away from TI now, uh, Dane, what is your favorite word? Glaive. Nice. What is your least favorite word? Ooh. Um, dredges or something like that. It sounds mushy and gross. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, oh. Glaive sounds super classy and kind of badass. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Um, oh man, what sound or noise do I love? Lightning or thunder, I guess. <laughs> thunder, thunder, and like um, like uh, haircuts, like the like if no one's talking to me during a haircut, like it kind of oh, kind of like yes. puts me to sleep a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Like, like, like I'm just like, oh, like, like there's like a light misting from like a spray bottle, and somebody's like touching my head, and there's like this like snipping noise kind of near my ears, and I'm asleep. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think you and I might be in the same boat on this. I, when I get my hair cut, I do not want the person cutting my hair to talk to me. No, I absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind it. Um, but it, like. I don't need them to be like constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like 
I, I have found somebody that I like to go to and I go to them for, you know, every haircut and we've, we've, we have a nice, yeah. a nice routine. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just, I, I didn't come for conversation. I just came for a haircut. I, I'm not, I'm not a professional small talker. Just please <laughs> leave me alone. I mean, one, one could argue that point considering <laughs> that you are currently semi-professionally small talking, it, right? I mean, when, when they pay me to do it, then I can maybe change my stance on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, all right, Dane, what sound or noise do you hate? Gosh, I mean, it's pretty pretty standard, but like that scraping the uh, bottom of a pan, um, like when tr- someone else scraping the bottom of a pan trying to get food out is uh, awful. Um, yeah. I- any Any noise, though, that is constant but irregular drives me nuts like like if there is like a constant ticking i will eventually get over that if there is a constant ticking that is going at like an irregular beat like that will drive me crazy like oh there's this god damn bird (laughs) like it's it sounds like a like a, a bending metal like a like metal that's like straining or something. I don't now, know is this, how it makes this noise. Is this like a, a type of bird or is there one particular arch nemesis? It is bird? a literal arch nemesis bird that like sits outside and like I always think that it's like something upstairs blowing around or that the dog is doing something. <laughs> um and it, it's like it's like it's like sent here to destroy me and it's like it's like a ventriloquist too that like throws it so i'm never quite sure where it's coming from <laughs> i've never seen it but i know it exists and after a while it, it actually started like flying into the screen which made a really really unusual noise and it and it was doing it like at this this irregular kind of pace that i was talking about where it was like it would it would just come infrequently just enough to make me want to pick something up and chuck it into a wall that was driving me so so nuts <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> that's why you hate quarantine good heavens um the uh, i i just thought of another thing though there's a um there's a ambient noise in final fantasy 14 when you're in a city that is a cat meowing and it's just quiet enough when i have my headset on that I think it's my cat meowing, oh. and every time it happens, I take off my headset and listen because I think my cat is meowing at me, and then I realize that I'm in a city in a game, and that it's this ambient cat. God, noise. Yeah, that would and that one that also piss me off. Also, also drives me. It's kind of like sirens and yes, a song, exactly, like, you know, or like a commercial like, on like the radio. You, exactly, yeah. It's and it's like why, why, are you, why are you doing this to yeah. me? Yeah, that is terrible. So, yeah. All right. Um, what? profession other than your own would you like to attempt uh space exploration <laughs> awesome aspire high 100%. aspire high man love it yeah i mean i hey i want i i i'm it's like one of the saddest things for me it's like i like i'll probably never get to explore space i mean that sucks yeah true true um what profession would you not like to do basically anything that sees me outside and around grass or hay uh are you are you allergic to grass and hay i yes yes i am and it just makes me miserable in a way that 
is just tolerable, which makes it worse because I can't just say, no, I can't do that. Right. <laughs> because I can. <laughs> it's just irritating. No, and, 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 and yeah, and it's, it's just irritating enough that, like, yeah. Exactly. So I think it then it might be safe to say whatever new project you're working on, it's not like a new Agricola or viticulture or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with the idea of it of of hay and grass from a from a distance, just not insofar as that it's rubbing all over my skin. Um all right, Dana, my my last question for you is this is better be a good one. I'm gonna be upset if it's like kind of like a lame question. You know, so I pulled many of these questions from uh, James James Lipton from Inside the Actors Studio. God, I gotcha. can't believe I forgot that. It's embarrassing. Anyway, the question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That's a good question. I don't know. Something like, you know, raid assembles in 15 minutes. Make sure you've got food and pots. <laughs> awesome. That, that's, that would be a good heaven to arrive in. Yeah. Hey, I could I could do that for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dane, thank you so much for spending almost an hour and a half uh, shooting the breeze with me. I appreciate it a lot, and I think uh, anytime the, the listeners will like, enjoy it as well. Yeah, it was my pleasure. The fire's nearly out, and you probably need a refill. Thanks for listening from Matt Martins, Hunter Donaldson, and myself, Alec Keeler. I hope you had a cozy time, and I'll see you again for the next one. Thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music, which you can find more of at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com.